Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoge. 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 We're in the middle of corner. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But yeah, crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone... I'm, I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you after yet another memorable Bears loss. They're stacking them up this season, Johnsy. I don't know what else to say. This was uh, another can't believe they managed to lose that game type of game. <laughs> That's three. This year, yeah, correct. Um, the only team I think in the NFL this year to lose three games when leading by ten points in the fourth quarter. So you have this game. I believe that you yeah. have the Lions game and then the Broncos game. Correct. Yep. Well, that game they were leading by I think a hundred points in Beloit. Um, uh, check your math. But yeah, it's not good. The math. It was a that was a three scores though. I'm pretty sure that one was. Was it like 28 to 3 or something? Whatever. Feels like it was a long time ago. I know it was a game the Bears should have won, just like that first Lions game, and certainly this one today. A lot of missed opportunities today and a lot of uh, things we need to discuss. Um, Johns, you're there. You're in Cleveland. You're in Jeff Joniak's messy booth right now. I'm here. What was it like down there in the <laughs> locker room? What was this? I mean... I would say that I don't want to say that I sense like a breaking point coming, like just based on my experiences, but this was the most disappointed, at least in this recent stretch of good defensive play that I've just seen some of these defensive players just at a loss for words. This one stung. They played well enough to, to win this game. It's not like the epic collapse in Detroit where a lot of that was on them. Like this one, like they played well enough to win this one, the defensive players. So to hear from Montez Sweat, to hear from Jermaine Edmonds, to hear from Eddie Jackson, especially Eddie Jackson, like they're, they were at a loss of words. They didn't really have much to say. The emotions were still there. You're, you're entering that locker room 10, 15 minutes after the, this loss, and you could feel some of the the disgust, some of the angst, some of the questioning that is already starting to seep into some of their minds. So, look, they, they the defense certainly could have made more plays down the stretch to, you know, prevent the huge touchdown by Amari Cooper. Obviously, it was a great throw by Flacco, but probably shouldn't have ended up being a touchdown. Um, they had their chances yeah, to get there. should have been intercepted. 
Mm, that's interesting. I mean, if you look at that back of the end zone angle, it's a ball thrown with unbelievable anticipation. I have no idea how Joe Flacco knew Amari Cooper was going to be sitting right in the middle of that hole of three players. So, yeah, maybe someone should have broken on faster. Um, the, the, the point is, I'm sure the defense can sit there in their meeting rooms and go through the tape and say, we missed this opportunity, we missed opportunity, we, whatever. They played more than well enough to win this football game and got next to zero help from the offense. The offense's only touchdown comes on a play where the defense or comes on a drive. I should say where the defense gave them the ball at the two yard line and they still needed three consecutive Browns penalties to give themselves (laughs) a chance to have Justin Fields run around like a madman. And it's, um, they made it as hard as possible. So like, Whatever. The defense could have made more plays. Fine. But this, to me, is just one of those classic Bears losses, Johns, where offense, anything, can you help at all? Because this game could have been over in the third quarter had the offense given them anything. This one, to me, Adam, is all about the offense. It's all about the quarterback. It's all about the play caller. Something is clearly... Broken. Something's not working. I, I get that the Browns like have this very good defense, top five in a lot of categories. Number one, and some of them too, very good defense. Miles Garrett was exceptional. I think they generated something like 25 pressures, according to True Media. That's a lot. It looked like it sometimes. The offensive line didn't have a good day. The run game didn't work. But you know what? Justin Fields should not be outplayed by Joe Flacco. I, I think that's that's it to me. Justin Fields should make more plays than Joe Flacco, but instead it's Joe Flacco flirting with 400 yards passing. Right? It's it's him throwing that touchdown to Amari Cooper. It's him making, like hang, hanging in the pocket, overcoming three interceptions, and just throwing away, throwing away, and doing what he does to, to, to win this game. So that, to me, is the major storyline here. It's the Bears offense with another great Day for the defense. Three interceptions. Montez Sweat was all over Joe Flacco. The offense had to be better. Joe, Joe, Joe Flacco. Justin Fields had to be better. Luke Getze had to be better. Something is clearly broken offensively with the Bears. Point fingers at whomever you want. But Joe Flacco should not have a better stat line to me than Justin Fields. So I think the obvious response to that is that Fields got really no help today. You know, you you can add in, like, let's say Tanyan catches that touch, what would have been a touchdown, I I think, um, straight up drops it. I don't know how much you want to bank on Hail Mary yardage, but if Mooney catches that ball, too, at the end, all of a sudden, Justin Fields' stat line looks a lot different. Hail Mary shouldn't be a a storyline in this one. They they really shouldn't be. That's part of the problem, too. Well, it is part of the problem, but... So I guess are you in the camp that's just like, look, at the end of the day, the quarterback goes and gets gets the job done. Like, and Joe Flacco I, did it today and Justin Fields didn't. I, I think this is where I stand on it. Like you see the touchdown the to Cole Komet. How many quarterbacks in this league can make that play? Like Zero. how many? Well, one, Justin. Justin Fields. There's maybe a couple others. Patrick Mahomes comes to mind. Like there's a few others. It's an exceptionally athletic play. But there's so much more to playing quarterback than like those highlights. You can't just judge the highlights. Like Joe Flacco got pounded today. Like 
he looked like an awful quarterback for three quarters, right? Can't move. He had to win with, with his arm, right? Like that. There's so much more that that goes into playing that position instead of like the highlight real plays. You have to evaluate everything. You really do. I, I don't know where Ryan Poles stands on it. I, I'm sure he's not happy. He sat right behind us in the press box. I'm sure he's not happy with what he saw today against the Browns offensively. How could he be? Yeah, well, I think that's what makes this conversation so nuanced and difficult sometimes because, as I keep saying, you're going to get those three to four to five Justin Fields headache plays where he fumbles the ball. He fumbled the ball again today. Yeah. I can't happen. Holding the ball on. I I, I, I get all that. But you're also going to get the spectacular plays and – but it seems like most games those even out, and if and I and I also understand why, like a coaching staff would just want more consistency. Yeah, overall, I just think it has to stop being something. Like that's part of the problem, right? It's it's always something. You can always point to something else. What well, if Robert Tanyan catches that? You know, the, there's almost too many ifs at this point, right? Like, and you well, can't have yeah, that many ifs if you want consistency. Like you, you can point to, to help, but you know who didn't have help for a while? Like the Browns' run game did not work against the Bears. Nope. The Browns' run game produced 29 yards and 18 carries. The Bears' run game was actually better, 88 yards and 27 carries. Like So I don't know. I, I get it. Justin Field needs help. Like I understand that side of the argument, but at the end of the day, I think – especially if you're Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, the top decision makers at Hallis Hall, the excuses, when all these excuses add up, it it just might mean move on, right? It it, it is unbelievably jarring to look at the stat sheet and see that Joe Flacco threw for 374 yards today. It's almost unfathomable because it just, the defense played well. They got three interceptions off him. And and it's just like, how the hell did he end up finishing with 374 yards when it was all said? The the Browns had backups playing in their offensive line and backup safeties. They're missing starters on both sides of the ball. And Joe Flacco somehow threw for 374 yards, did more than enough to win. He was better than Justin Fields in this game. Like, that's part of the problem. Defend Justin Fields as much as you want. The numbers are what they are. Joe Flacco made more plays than Justin Fields on this one. I I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Um, I also think that way too many of his teammates let him down today, too, over and over again consistently. And then there was plenty of other throws where, like, when when DJ Moore goes to the end zone and he, on a go ball and Justin throws it five yards out of bounds which gives you absolutely no chance to complete the pass. First like, play of so, the game. DJ Moore had look, his guy beaten by a couple steps. Justin Fields missed him. Look, I, I get accused of flip-flopping on Justin Fields, which is fine. I, I just think it's it's a really hard decision that needs to be made, and that's probably why like I'm towing the line. Whatever, fine. But at the end of the day, I think whatever decision is made can be justified. Either way, I really do think it can be. And 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 if at the end of this season, Ryan Poles just goes back to not that it's 
the same question he said. But I remember us talking about it, talked about it on CHGO plenty of times. But the number one goal of this season had to know what your answer was at quarterback. And is your argument is that the season's over and we still don't have a definitive answer and that's your answer? I can't argue with it. Does that make sense? So three years in, you don't have a definitive answer. Well, that's your answer. And if if you're on that side of it, I think that that's fair, to be honest, especially if you're holding the number one pick and a, and a great quarterback draft sitting right there for you. I, I can't argue against it. I, I you can't. Justin Fields threw 40 passes in this game. He finished with 166 yards passing. That feels like hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, like... I get it. There's a lot to take into this evaluation. Um, The Bears obviously had problems up front today, but I think everyone can agree. Like the 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 harshest fields critics to the those who will stand in this corner no matter what. I think we should all expect him to be better than Joe Flacco. (laughs) And he wasn't today. Joe Flacco was on his couch like a month ago. This is yeah. his third start for this team. Third. Third. And somehow he's having a game like this against Bears defense, which we can all agree upon is, is very, very good. That was in his face all game. Blitzed them. Different types of looks. I may not like the third and 15 blitz at the end of the game that led to that first down and eventually the, the game-winning field goal for the Browns. But you know what? Joe Flacco kept backing up kept his eyes down the field, and made the throw to win the game. Jazz, let's talk about the coaching, too. Um, I don't know if you want to start with Flus or Getze, but you know if we're going to have, a, I think, a completely fair, nuanced discussion about what this game meant for the quarterback, I think we got to talk about the coaching staff, too. Um, I Personally, I came away with this being more of a problem for Getze than necessarily Eberflus. But at the same time, like if someone wants to make the point that you've now had three of these losses this year where Kevin Fishbane's pulling up Fishbane fun facts on Twitter being like, the Bears are the only team to have lost this type of game in 400 years or whatever yeah, it is. Kevin Fishbane like, You, you so can't have three of those in one year. No, no, he's so good at finding those stats. Yeah. <laughs> so good. But he had another one. He's from. like... Bears are the first team ever to lose a game in which they had three sacks, three interceptions, a pick six. It's like <laughs> just just uh, add yeah. just add more stats to the search. <laughs> Kevin's got you. <laughs> and and why is it that I feel like ninety seven percent of Fishbane fun facts are not fun? No, they're not at all. They're unfun. They're unfun facts. Unfun facts. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kevin's fun, at least. This is the one. Per stat head, since 2023, I'm sorry, since 2013, so a decade, teams entered today 97-3-1 when their defense had three-plus interceptions and four-plus sacks. The Bears became loss number four. What's fun about that? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing nothing at all. Nothing. All right, so back to the question. Um, let's talk about Flus first. Like, what is this a problem for Flus, or does Ryan Poles still be able to be like, well, we're still right there. We're making progress. I think it's a problem, partially. It, it, how is it not? 
he's the head coach. He has to manage yeah. some of these games, right? And he has a role in offensive game planning. He essentially said as much, but we've all known that as fact. That's how head coaches operate. We knew that under John Fox, but I think some of the, like, like to me, if I'm challenging him as a coach, well, maybe go tell your kicker to give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, I understand that it's windy, it's wet, it's rainy. The, this, the conditions aren't ideal. But you're a Pro Bowl caliber kicker who has made plenty of field goals over 50. Go give this a shot because Hail Marys rarely, if ever, work. But you never know. Maybe you hit it right, catch the right win, and it goes in. I think for this game, that's where I would put the heat on Matt Eberflus. Why not run the ball on third down and just get a little bit closer to your number and then try it? You know what I mean? Like I, I that that as having been involved in some of those decisions where you're trying to determine your goal line for a field goal pregame, that doesn't mean it has to be a hard line throughout the game. Like you still have uh, sometimes a gut feeling, sometimes a situational feeling, and I'm with you. Like. You want further proof that Hail Marys have such a low hit percentage? How about Darnell Mooney laying in the end zone with the ball in his lap? In, in an unbelievable, like, you can look at that play 700 different times and be like, how did he not catch it? Because the bounce of the ball out of rhythm, it's so incredibly hard. Like, he still didn't catch it. So it's like, I, I still feel like the field goal. Even if it lands three yards short, you're still like, well, you know, who knows? Maybe the wind dies down for a second. You know he can hit it 57 yards. Yeah, I'm with you. What was your confidence level to steer this question or this this conversation towards the offense and Luke Etsy? Browns tie the game. Yeah. Justin Fields and that offense steps onto the field with 308 left. What yeah. was your confidence level that good things were actually going to happen? for this Bears offense. Like, I really don't mean this to sound like I'm being a jerk. But <laughs> honest to God, John's that conversation happened here at CSGO in the moment. And I said out loud, 0% chance the Bears score points Same. on this drive. Same. Zero. That's how I felt in the moment. And I was being called negative, whatever here. I, I, when it was, I think, Here's where I knew that we were headed towards a, a classic Bears loss. And I and I was being very negative here in the fourth quarter. It's just the reality of it. But I, we've seen too many of these. When, when Cam Mitchell somehow got Justin Fields to trip and fall down on that fourth and one when it was wide open. And by the way, there may have been even a pass to DJ Moore over the top on that available. I go, oh, no. This is just that's going to end up being like the most significant play of the game. And it ended up being that way. I just it, it just and especially once it was 1710, I'm just like, I don't feel confident in the situation because the offense had done nothing. Nothing. And by the way, I'll give you know credit to Fields because you know he did make some throws there towards the end to give them a chance. And they they were there, you know, on the at the Hail Mary. But I just to answer your question, I had no confidence. None. Three and out. What happens when Joe Flacco steps on the field? <laughs> you know. Well, I and get- by the way, sorry, just just to continue because how many drives did they have before that, Johns? Even when it was seventeen seven to ice the game. It's like look at the fourth court punt, 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 
Like they had so many opportunities before it was tied to do anything offensively, and they didn't do anything. So I don't know why all of a sudden them being tied in the game gave anybody a reason to think it was going to change. The Bears were, hold on, let me get this right. Four for 18 on third downs in this game. Oh, my God. Four for 18. Um, Not a good day. No. Not a good day. Um, So, yes, blame Luke Getze. But I think if we're really going to be like as fair as you can be with this evaluation, you have to ask like how the quarterback's limitations as a passer are limiting the actual play calling that's happening in this game. Yeah. You see this game and and you're thinking that ball has got to come out quick. That is not one of Justin Fields strengths. Like why is a quick passing game? Not part of the bears offense or consistently part of the bears offense, especially given how good this Browns defense is at rushing the passer with only their front four. I mean, miles Garrett is a fantastic football player. The, The dude looks unstoppable. They were, there was one play in the fourth quarter where they tried to triple team him and he still blew it up. Yeah. That that mm-hmm. that did not go well. Um, I would just, not that this is going to help anyone sleep better tonight, but um, here's the Bears' drive charts uh, or results of their drives. This is starting from the beginning of the game. Punt, 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 punt. Touchdown when they got the ball at the two-yard line. The Browns' two-yard line. Punt, interception. Let's talk about that in a second because that's going to end up getting reversed by the NFL. That was on the Hail Mary. So technically just end a half. Punt, field goal. Punt, turnover on downs. Punt, 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 interception on the Hail Mary at the end. Uh, If I just, nobody saw any of this game. And I just read that off to you, and now it's on your screen. Would you even think the Bears were within three points? Or winning by 10 in the fourth quarter? (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, let alone winning by 10 in the fourth quarter. That is a testament to how well the defense played. Because it was all defense at that point. And I... They would have had a better chance of... Like, they really, if we're being honest, needed the defense to score more points once it was tied at 17. they had, The defense had a better chance of scoring at that point than the offense did. And again, not trying to be a jerk, but seriously, we all saw the game. That's just the reality of this football game today. Like, Here's a fun fact for you, or unfun fact. Like, This is this is what I was thinking in the moment when Justin Fields stepped on the field at 3.08 left. Like, again, great opportunity. But like, why over three years... Does he only have three game-winning drives? And one of them, which we, we know is not really a game-winning drive, I think it was some kneel downs a few years ago. Like, why does he only have three over three years and, and like, uh, Tommy DeVito already has two in his career? Like, do you think that's something, like, Ryan Poles thinks about a guy who, was, yeah. who yeah. played a, a role in the who, – who was the Bear – who was the Chiefs college scouting director – when they drafted Patrick Mahomes and then watched Patrick Mahomes become what he is. Yeah. Um, I think he's, yeah. I mean, how is that? The it, Giants it, it, aren't a good team. No, 
No, and Tommy DeVito was just right there on the field on Monday Night Football. And by the way, ridiculous that he got named NFC Player of the Week. Offensive Player of the Week. Regardless, though, he did make that throw and he threw it with zip and he got right down there and they made the field goal and they won. I'm with you, man. I I, I get it. I, I just think this is this equation is not really addition or subtraction. It's more like calculus. Um but this is all when people took offense to Charles Robinson's story this week, and I had objections to it too. And I have objections to the idea that it should be unanimous that all these general managers think you just move on from fields. I think it's way more nuanced than that. But but this right here is why he pulled seven general managers and they all said, yes, it's time to draft Caleb Williams. It just is. People don't have to like that. I don't really like it. But that's 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 how this this league works. Um, it's a quarterback-driven it league. Yeah, it almost feels like more of a gamble for Ryan Poles at this point to roll the dice with Justin Fields again than just taking one of these two quarterbacks that's right there at the top of the draft. Yeah, I would even actually I would disagree with that because I feel like you kind of know what Justin Fields can do. Maybe given some, there's the Tankathon NFL draft order. And how about the Carolina Panthers winning today and making it interesting? But Well, for five minutes, that was a good thing because it helped the Bears with their playoff push. But then the Bears couldn't do their part, and then that made it a lose-lose. Right, right. So to back, back to my point, like, like you know that Justin Fields can spin out of a sack of, of Miles Garrett and make plays like he did to Cole Komet. I don't know if... Caleb Williams could do that yet? I don't know. But I know Justin Fields could do that. I, I guess it's where you think Williams separates himself longer term. Like, have we already seen the best of Justin Fields? I would still say no. Maybe he goes somewhere and excels. Maybe this this team just isn't for him. But it's complicated, man. It, it's a very nuanced discussion. And I wonder how much of it has actually taken place at Hallis Hall. I do know that like the scouting season is wrapping up. The Senior Bowl is only a couple weeks away. Like The second step of the scouting season is starting to pick up. Drake May already declared for the draft. Has Caleb Williams done it yet? No? I don't know if he officially did it, but by opting out of the bowl game... It pretty much yeah. says he is. Um, it's a tough decision. It, it, it's, it's more nuanced because the Bears have that pick. Yeah. And you're staring at two... Very good prospects in Maine Williams. If I told you that I'm trying to, all right. If the Bears were to fire Luke Getzey at the end of the season, would that make you more or how would that affect the Justin Fields decision? I guess is what I'm because I hate the idea of Justin Fields having to learn another offense. Oh yeah, you know where I stand on that. Yeah, you're going down the Jay Cutler path. So what if they decide? Okay, we're moving on from Justin Fields. We think Luke Getzey though can be the right. We don't want to change up the rest of our offense. Everyone else knows it. We think we can draft Caleb Williams or Drake May and put him right here in this offense. Um. But Luke Getzey's still here. I don't know how that would go over with the fan base. Keeping Getzey, but yeah. trading fields. Basically saying, 
we're making this big decision. We're going because the other thing is like if you're going to go down the road to draft another rookie quarterback, especially in this situation where you've been given a tremendous gift to be in the position you're in, that you weren't given it. Good for Ryan Poles; he made the trade. But this is a very fortunate position to be in. You can't f it up again. So you got to sell to your fan base then that we believe in Luke Getzey to develop Caleb Williams. Right now, the way things are, I feel like that's a tough sell to the fan base. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So you would... How about Fields, me, and, Fields and Getzey are both out? That... Yeah, because I because the, the the other fear, and we've talked about this before, is and I just think this is why the coaching staff needs to be discussed in this conversation, is because I think fans are rightfully going to have that same fear. New quarterback, same coaches, it goes poorly. Fire the coaches, bring in a new coaching staff with a year or two. You know what I mean? Like, because that could happen. Not maybe not necessarily Eberflus. But let's say a year from now, it's not working with Luke Getzey. They fire Luke Getzey. Now, now Caleb Williams has to learn a new offense in year two. And that's what you want to avoid. I don't know. You want, you want to avoid what the Bears have consistently done? Yeah, over and over again. Like lose this game against the Browns. <laughs> yes, well, well, this, but never have things aligned correctly. Everything you kept saying, like, you know what? Maybe the best way to handle this is blowing it all up, but I don't think the, the Bears really want to do that because I think Matt Eberflus and his staff with what they've done with the, the defense probably warrants more time, but as always, it's the question of quarterback. Yeah. You know what? Like at, at the end of the day, it, it, we could just be overthinking all this and like Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus did not draft Justin Fields. Like, are, are we just maybe overthinking how nuanced this could be? Uh, maybe it may be, which is maybe why it's unanimous from those GMs polled that they're just going to move on. Yeah. But I don't know. Eh, oh boy. We got a lot of time to talk about that. Johns. It's going to be There's three more games left. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable. That could withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. I actually have a bold prediction I already made once already today. I still don't think the Bears are going to go into week 18 eliminated. Oh, the NFC is awful. 
like their their chances of making the playoffs going into week 18 might still be like 7% because they need eight different results to go their way. But that moment where they're officially eliminated, they should still win next week. I haven't looked at the early spread, but like they should beat the Cardinals, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Falcons were the team that lost to the Panthers today. Is there a look ahead line for this? Let's see here. I should have it in a second. The Bears are four point favorites against the Cardinals right now. Wow. So, eh, not surprised by that. Uh, any other final thoughts from Cleveland? I think we got some um, questions to get to. Okay. Here, yeah. Wait, I know we got at least one super chat here. Um, Oh, we got two. Okay, Gavin, at least two. Gavin asking uh, for $2, is running back a need or am I wrong? You're not wrong. Uh, I will say this. Um, all of a sudden, the running game has kind of slowed down. But on top of that, the pass protection in the backfield has been horrible. And I have to say, Johns, I think it got worse after David Walker got fired. Like, I'd love to know what the emphasis on that has been since that move got made. Because I swear it's gotten worse. And like, it hasn't been great all year, but I feel like it's definitely gotten worse since then. Like the rotation or the pr- productivity? No, the action of protecting Justin Fields in the backfield. Oh, okay, okay. Pass Sorry. protection. I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to find a stat. The pass protection by the running backs has gone downhill since David Walker got fired is my point. Okay, okay. Um, I just think in general, I think running back is a need. Does Khalil Herbert look healthy to you? No, I don't know what's going on there. Something, the, the burst, the, the quick cuts, getting up field just doesn't seem the same since he had the, the high ankle sprain from a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, the, the, the ground game wasn't good today, but there were some holes where... Maybe if it's not Roshan Johnson and it's a Jameer Gibbs, maybe that's a more explosive play. But yes, if the Bears want to continue with this identity of being a run-first physical football team, I would think that running back is always on the table, whether it's free agency or the draft. All right. The next question from Drew Black, $5. Can you please explain what Eberflus has done? He's shown he's a good DC. What makes him a good head coach? What am I missing? Love you guys. Not Carm, though, just unnecessary <laughs> sideswipe of Mark Carmen there. I mean, he he's got the thing moving in the right direction is the only thing I could say. But the record's not good enough. The offense isn't good enough. They keep losing games like this. Sort of like the Justin Fields conversation. I think it's nuanced. I think you can defend going in either direction. I just, if our gut and our history is pointing towards a change at quarterback just because of how the NFL works and what we've seen, my gut's saying the opposite because this is Poles' guy, head, head, head coach. I still would be surprised, I think, if Flus got fired, but I don't think you can close the door to it, especially when you have games like this today. You know what? I, I think like Brandon Staley is an interesting comparison here. Because Brandon Staley was like handed a vastly better team with a considerably better quarterback than Justin Herbert, but like with all pros on defense too. I think what stands out with Iberflus, if you want to compare it to the Staley situation, is number one, the first year 
complete teardown. The talent wasn't there. But this year, not only are you seeing defensive progress, they're a top 10 unit, sometimes top five, or at least in some stats, they're top five. But what you're seeing is progress made from young players. Now, a lot of that happens to be defensively. I would say some of that has happened on the offensive line with Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach. Maybe Cole Komet taking the next step in his career. DJ Moore obviously helps on offense. But in terms of young players developing, that starts with Eberflus and the coaching staff. So if you're writing out reasons why to keep Eberflus, if you're Ryan Poles and doing that, like the progress of Tyreek Stevenson, outstanding interception today. Like that stuff matters. Jaquan Brisker, another good game. That stuff matters. Like young player development is still key to a lot of franchises' success around the league. Yeah. Um, I, I look, it, it's a fair question. And I just, I don't know. I feel like Fluce still is, I, I still feel like Fluce and Poles are aligned. But, if you can go up an upgrade at if you're as a GM, you're looking to upgrade at every position. Why shouldn't that include coaching staff too? If there's a better option available, I don't know. Well, to me, it's hardball or nothing. You got one more comment here. Hope to read. All right. Carrie Franklin, $10 all year. I defended this regime and Justin Fields time to move on from the so-called coaching staff. If bears have number one, lose Justin Fields. If not keep Justin Fields, Learn this from. Oh God, I'm not good at these. <laughs> What's TTNL? Think, I think that's another podcast from the the tape never lies. Oh, okay. Learn this from tape never lies. Gotcha. Shout out to tape never lies. Sorry, I didn't understand the uh, abbreviation. Um, the CHGO viewers know that basically any abbreviation I screw up or don't know. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that does it for our Super Chats. John's good stuff from Cleveland. Hope you had a nice meal while you were there. Well, we'll see tonight. Oh, you're going tonight? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't know when you got there. I thought you might have one, I might have had one last night. I don't know. I've had some good meals in Cleveland. It's not a bad right. Nah. I've had some good meals in Cleveland. That's pretty much all I got to say. I mean, I can't. I walk and I, I walked by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on my way to the game. The once. Cubs won a big game in Cleveland. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Wasn't there. Um, all right. Well, we'll be back Tuesday. Um, we had a plan Tuesday, didn't we? Is there something I'm supposed to be teasing? Uh, no, TBD, TBD. Okay, I thought we were. We, I know we were working on something, but um, either way, we will be back Tuesday to break down whatever is said or uh, figured out here in the next 48 hours or so. And then we'll run it all back a Christmas Eve game against the Arizona Cardinals with not as much on the line. That sucks. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being serious. Like, if they win this game, if they hold on to the lead. Like I could have seen, even though it's Christmas Eve, like Soldier Field could have been, you know, there could have been some excitement there. Uh, even yeah, though families will be in town, you know, we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, you and I have covered some Christmas Eve games there, though, where like there's half the stands are full. Wasn't there one against Washington also true. Also in the John true. Fox era? Like, ugh. 
So I hope it doesn't go to that, but um, it is a game the Bears uh, can win. We'll see how they bounce back, and we'll be back Tuesday. In the meantime, make sure you're reading Johnsy's coverage from Cleveland on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. And if you're not already, give us a follow. Our show account is at Hogue and Johns. Lots of good stuff there, some content there as well, some clips from the show. And if you want to buy some merch, hogandjohns.com. Still plenty of uh, items for the holidays there. You can jump on and get some last-minute gifts, get some rush shipping, get it sent your way. Um, a lot of good options there at hogandjohns.com. So go check it out. Appreciate all the support. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And uh, we'll be back Tuesday as we head into week 16. Talk to you then. See ya. New year, same old f***ing bears.